Craft Beer Radio, episode 243 on March 23rd, 2013. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio. My name is Greg Weiss. I'm Jeff Bear. This is a yeah. two forty three. That's the right number, right? Yes, two forty three. Okay, excellent. Kind of pulled that out of my rear end. All of a sudden, I wasn't like what episode? Okay, so here we go. Uh, any particular reason you picked the wire theme for the opening music? Uh, because I, I have a TV theme that I think would be good for next week. Oh, and just building to it. Yeah, and I'm building to it. And I'm watching The Wire, like, through. I'm most way through season three now, so it works for me. And we'll fade that down. Yeah, all right. And get out of here. All right. Um, these are all beers that Greg has purchased. That's the theme. <laughs> or no, no, you didn't purchase them all. No, no. Almost all. Them all. So that's not even the theme. They're all beers. They're all. That's the theme. <laughs> it's a complicated theme for 243. Let's do this one first. This should be a nice light beer for our palates. This is the Great White. Lost Coast Brewing's Great White. Uh, so this is, hmm. I assume this is a uh, a wit beer. Crisp beer, hint of citrus. Two-row malted barley, unmalted wheat. A secret blend of Humboldt herbs. Crystal clear mountain water, as opposed to very cloudy there, mountain water. And ale yeast, uh, set four point eight percent alcohol by volume. This is a mostly sessionable show, as it turns out, with one exception. This has won a lot of awards, uh, mostly L.A. Uh, and Humboldt County stuff. So, um, California State Fair, a couple things like the silver uh, in the twenty twelve. California State Fair, 2010 Silver Los Angeles International Beer Competition, 2010 Gold California State Fair, etc., uh, etc. Et Great White, or I'm sorry, Lost Coast Brewing is all the way up in Eureka, California. So the color is a golden straw. It's very, very, very clear. Mine is not very, very clear. Mine has a whole bunch of tiny little beads of yeast floating yes. in it. Yes. Yours is like... So it is not... It is a bottle-conditioned... Or maybe not bottle-conditioned, but it is not a filtered beer. Um, it's a wit beer, so typically you do not swirl up yes. all the sediment. Um, Greg has the... the we're going to probably taste each other's glasses here because Greg's is clear and, my, and mine is... It's not just cloudy. There is a suspension of tiny little beads of yeast. It's actually quite lovely. It's like a snow globe that's not going anywhere. (laughs) They're quite at equilibrium. Okay, so there's there's little to no head at all on this. uh, And it smells like lemongrass. It smells uh, like mold wheat. To me, it smells a little hoppier. Than your typical wit beer, maybe, May, and it, it's not like IPA hoppy, no. But it it smells like there's a little bit more continental hops in there, a little more zing, a little more zest than you would typically get from a wit beer. I'm not really smelling any kind of coriander, orange peel, or you know, even too much lemongrass like you would typically get out of the style. Hops is most of my aroma. At least mine, like I said, is a clean. It, it, it's it's pretty crisp and clean. Uh, there's a definite flavor of coriander. There's a, a lot of nice wheat, uh, which which gives it a, a slight kind of brackishness, in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, now yours is nice. Um, definitely pour this one carefully. You want it to be clear. Mine. You know, I agree with more with what Greg said when I smell Greg's glass. It has more lemongrass. It has, um, that's more apparent. Where mine, when you take a sip, it, it's it's a pretty full mouthfeel. It's yeah, a little it's bit muddier. muddy. Yeah. It's um, it's a little sweet, too, which is weird. So it's it has a full mouthfeel like a Hefeweizen. Um, you know, big, yeasty Hefeweizen. But it also it also seems like it's sweeter for some reason. Like the yeast is blocking the tanginess of the wheat, and you're just tasting the more sweet parts of the beer. 
Yeah, it, it's definitely better without the yeast within it. Definitely. It's really nice and crisp. It finishes very dry. It leaves you pretty refreshed. This is a good lawnmower beer, I would think. This is... Uh, you could even... You know, I, I wouldn't be opposed to putting like a, a lemon slice or an orange slice on that. Might add just a, a slight extra bit of uh, of freeness to the character. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I'm generally a no fruit in my beer type no, guy, but me too. But maybe. I, me too. But I I have grown to the point where you know, I'm not against it completely, and I think it can add. You know, especially if you're having a couple of them, mm-hmm. why not see if you can add a little bit of something to to one? See see if there's anything that goes with it, and isn't that the same as eating food with your beer? Oh sure, sure. I'm not. Mili- I'm used, probably used to be militant against it. Now I'm not so much. But you know, if if someone puts fruit in my beer without me specifically asking for it, I'm gonna be pretty pretty upset about it. Still. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a you know I'm not a stick a thing alive in every Corona bottle <laughs> type situation. So it's been a heck of a week for beer news. I'm gonna kind of sprinkle these in because I actually have prepared some beer news. So there is the the big news. I guess we'll start with that one. The Craft Brewers Association, uh, the Brewers Association, listed their uh, or put out the 2012 numbers for craft beer sales, and it is up big time. You know, it grows by more and more every year. Where the heck did the link go? <laughs> I want to get the numbers. You really like, prepared well for this segment. Well, it's like here's all my saved things, and now they're like sorting it in a very stupid way for me. Here we go. It's up uh, 15, or that's the total volume, 15% this year, where in previous years it had grown, I think it was 11% mm-hmm. last year, so it grew by 4% more. Um, so as a percentage of the entire beer market, it's still somewhere around 6%, six and a, right? Yeah, 6.5% in 2012. Um, that's $10.2 billion in sales. That's 70% growth in dollar sales over 2011. Well, that doesn't surprise me because beer, the price of everything has gone up. So Yeah, the volume is at 13 million, 13.2 million volume barrels, where it was 11.5 million in 2011. Now, like a huge chunk of that is Sam Adams. So here's, a, here's you know, we start getting into the brewery stats. There were um, 56 non-craft breweries in the United States in 2012. 2,347 craft breweries. That's an increase of 18% more breweries. Um, where's the number? How many closures did they have? They had uh, 409 brewery, new brewery, craft breweries, 43 closed. 108,440 people work in craft beer. Well, that number can be deceiving. This is small brewing companies employed approximately. So it's okay. Yeah, working. So, yeah I mean, like you're the janitor at the, at, the, at the brewery or something like that. That whole stat is about the, you know. Or you're a secretary. or It's still employing a person. It, it is, it is the, still employing a person. And that stat is targeted towards lawmakers making certain laws right. and stuff like that, right? Like. Here's how many people are in, you know, are... Or you could be an intern running the tap handles. I mean... Still a job. <laughs> it is still a job. So, yeah. Lots of craft beer sold. And uh, a corollary article is that at this kind of growth rate, craft beer would eclipse... The big breweries by 2050. Right. <laughs> if it could keep growing at this rate. Yes. As long as you can sustain exponential growth, you get very big very quickly. For the next <laughs> 33 years. <laughs> that That's a very, very silly number. But you, you can do all types of crazy stuff with statistics. So. Yep. 
that's kind of why I didn't yeah. read into that one as a whole news tidbit. I, right? I think that's it's funny. <laughs> I, I think it's a funny one to bring up because, yeah, <laughs> if we assume that we're just going to keep growing at the same rate. Sure. Moore's Law applied to beer. <laughs> All right. What's next? What is next? Uh, probably the Samuel Adams. Okay. Because that one is sour and that one is strong. So I think we have to go with the... The other way around. Okay, yeah. Strong, sour. Okay, so the next one is Sam Adams. Now, Sam Adams has a history of not doing IPAs. And they have decided to completely shun that history recently. And have done considerable amount of IPAs. I think, you know, the, the... the most uh, visible one was the Latitude 48, but mm-hmm. they just released an IPA pack of, of a bunch of different IPAs. This is not an IPA. This is what they call an IPL. Uh, a Does L stand for lager? Let's see. Double Asian IPL. Yes, it, it's a lager. It is hopped with Zeus, Simcoe, Citra, Atanium, Cascade, Centennial, and Nelson Salmon hops. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure. No big deal. Malted simply with the Sam Adams two-row pale malt blend and their Munich malt. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because those go together. <laughs> you think you think Citra in, in Oktoberfest all the time, Yes. Right? Uh, the yeast strain is their bottom-fermenting lager strain. All right, I am curious, right? Because every time someone comes out with, you know, I mean, it's not just a new beer; it is a new combination of flavors. Right. Let's go for it. I mean, I'm not saying no one's ever done an India pale lager before or hoppy lager, but you find me someone who puts those kind of, you know, North American IPA type hops in a lager, and I don't think and then makes it a national distribution. <laughs> Uh, alcohol by volume five percent. Oh God, uh, forty three IBUs. It is a punch Ooh. in the nose of hops. Wow, it's uh, it's a little dank. I would expect as much with Simcoe and and Zeus. It's, it's very dank. It, it smells um, not necessarily in a bad way, but it has a bit of a um, solvent or. Uh, you know, some kind of chemical you got in the shelf in the garage type thing, you know, like starting fluid. So like or... a vaguely turpentine mm-hmm. type thing. So, okay, so Zeus and Simcoe, your high alpha, your your big uh, blast of of resin. Uh, oh, my goodness. That Citra, is... Citra is, is also sort of, you know, mid to high alpha. It, it's one of the newer hop varieties. Uh, Citra is very fruity. Yeah. yeah. A tanium... Not quite sure. Uh, I only know about unobtainium. Yeah. Or, or atinum, I'm sorry. Ananthum? Atinum. Okay. A-H-T-A-N-U-M. Yeah, that one. Uh, Cascade, of course, grapefruity, citrusy. Centennial, in the same way, grapefruity, citrusy. Uh, and Nelson Sauvin, these are the ones that are more like grapes, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a, wine, a white, whiny, grape, right. grapevine, grape leaf type character. So that's a really interesting and eclectic hop blend. I still can't get over the aroma on this thing. It's just pungent and dank and and a little solventy, but now it's getting a little more uh, bitter greens or something like that. Like, oh, that's not a great way to describe it, but. No, no, I th- I think you're on the right path. I-, I think that if you start like wilting some yeah, arugula like, or something like that, I can or use... even like collard or mustard greens. Okay, or... yeah, collard greens or a little bit of arugula, a little bit of collard green. You know, you're wilting them in a pan with oil or something like that. Yep. Not as hoppy in the flavor. I mean, there's hops there, but it's not punch you in the throat like it punches you in the nose. But it's it's vacillating between... Um, actually, it has, has a pretty strong malt bill here that is trying to suppress 
what tastes to me like a Simcoe outbreak. Okay. The, the the Simcoe is really pushing strong on this, and so I think that's what the Munich is there to do is to give it a a kind of bready counter note to to push some of that back, and it might be the Zeus too. I can't be entirely sure. Uh, the it's not coming through as like a grapefruity flavor. It's coming through. Uh, it's it's a lot more pungent than that yeah uh, another piece of beer news here um let's see what do i want to do next schmaltz brewing you know the hebrew beers and the coney island beers are no longer going to be contract brewers they're building a brewery in upstate new york Good for making them. beer for probably 15 to 17 maybe you know 18 years making beer much longer than we've been doing this show and yeah, it's probably about 15 years and, uh, he's been contract brewing the entire time. Decided to build a brewery. Yeah. I mean, he's gotten big enough and he's certainly done enough limited edition stuff and other things. So yeah, that's Jeremy Cowan is the owner of, um, Schmaltz Brewing. And, uh, you know, he like, I think they made the beers. Oh, I can't remember where I, I knew at one point where he made his beers, but I can't. I think it was New York, you know, maybe High Falls. It was, wasn't Mike FX. It wasn't. It could have been FX Matt. I don't want to speculate too much. Yeah. One of those, but um, like you know, he lived in like San Francisco, but like his company was in like the New York area. So uh, I mean, you know, they had wide distribution and whatnot. But I always thought it was an interesting. Um, and we talk about beer. You know, I like always. I'm kind of down on beer marketing companies. But I'm up, but I'm up on places that make good beer, right? And he was a strange mix of the two. Album, yeah. He was probably like the best contract brewer slash beer marketing company, you know that that I can think of in in you know in memory, where most of them just don't uh, execute like Hebrew did. So congratulations to them. Let's get back to the the beer itself. I I, I get sort of a the combination is interesting. I uh, maybe cooked asparagus. Um, hmm. The, the, there's a slight egginess. <laughs> well, probably the sulfurate part of the egg, right, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a. You go back. You know, you're taking a sip of this, and you go back, take a sniff, and it. To me, it's still much more potent in the aroma than it is in the flavor. The flavor is there. But the aroma is like, oh my goodness! Like you would not expect. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I want to say this because you know you used to expect not something very exciting from Sam Adams, right? You expected a, a stalwart, you know, something yeah. standard, something that's always there, the same. And then you know, but you know, we've talked recently how like Sam Adams does like 40 different batches of different kinds of beer in a year. You know, these one-offs, these seasonals—they're uh, insane how much they put out. You don't still don't expect a stinky pungent you know crazy hop smell from a sam adams beer except for in the deconstructed where they were showing you what these hops are like by themselves and this is the by far the most aggressive like out there like because i mean this kind of pungent smell one one thing i i I, I appreciate sam adams is that they always you know they're they they have a very east coasty vibe to them and they always try to try to complement with a lot of malt and and i appreciate that they don't often go west coasty and and just you know hop mm-hmm. i got the flavor of sweet and sour pork sweet and sour pork uh maybe i don't know i'm trying to taste it and and i barely kind of maybe get it but i would have never pulled anything I don't think I could have got past, you know, the the garden part of, of your dinner plate. I'm not getting anything like savory enough or you know umptious enough to to pull really? out meat. I find it I, I find it fascinating. And, and I'm gonna go I have to go back to the greens and the the arugula and stuff like that. You know, I'm tasting a lot of bitterness. The that's greens like are there, but there, yeah. there's something else. There, there, there's a bit of umami there. There's there's something that that's. 
that feels you know more substantial than than simply greens the um state bill thirteen forty four in Florida will let breweries sell growlers so that's making its way through the house got passed in the house so Wait, you don't want to go back to enough with the news. We, okay. We're not kind of, you're, you're not even paying attention to the beer. You're just looking at your news. I know I'm paying attention to the beer. I just don't have time to say about this one. I don't know. It's it's it's, it's... there's so much going on here. This is this is it's a fascinating it. beer. I'm not as fascinated by it. I mean, it's can maybe I'm confused by it. Maybe I I'm not. It's got celery there. Um. Hmm. This is really I, I'm not generally a fan of of these Zeus and Simcoe hops. I think that they kind of they, they really overwhelm beers, and they're doing that here. But this is balancing it with a interesting malt build and enough different other arrays of hops to 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 slightly lower the. The, the the ick factor that sometimes comes comes with these hops for me, hmm. and I'm appreciating what's coming out of it. I'm not saying that I'm loving it, like in the sense that I'm going to drink this forever. This is my new standard, but I'm appreciating what's going on here, and I think that this is a step in the right direction towards how to use these hops. You can use if you if you Use these hops simply as blast in your face. You know, I'm going to push this hop flavor out at you. I'm sure some people love it. I don't like that so much. But I, I mm-hmm. like what they're doing here where they're experimenting and playing around with it by using these hops but also adding other flavors in there and, and, and seeing where it's going. I I'm just trying to I'm not, I'm not, but I just have a hard time getting into this beer. The uh, I don't know. I just I'm having a hard time with it. It, it it's okay. I didn't say it was yeah. amazing. I just said I'm fascinated by it. Here's interesting. On there's something similar. <laughs> they they have something similar and something different. Something different. They suggest old Fezziwig. That's a pretty different <laughs> ale. So yeah, okay. Something similar. Boston Lager. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Wrong. <laughs> something similar is Latitude Forty Eight Simcoe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I think we want to go hoppy and strong before we go yes, sour, right? I agree. So Nebraska Brewing Company has their Hop God IPA. Well, this isn't straight Hop God though, right? This but is. But this is. Well, all they have here is is the information here on their Hop God IPA. But this is a different. Okay. This is this a, is Belgian style Hop God, ale aged in Chardonnay barrels. So the normal Hop God, nine percent alcohol by volume, hundred one IBUs. <laughs> yeah, because I don't want to be used go great with Belgian yeast and, and Chardonnay barrels. We'll see. That's what I think. That's like peanut butter and chocolate, right? Okay, here we go. Chardonnay French Oak Hop God. 10.1%, 108 IBUs. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's see. They take the Hop God... Then enhance it with a six-month maturation in French oak Chardonnay barrels. It's a... They call it a Belgian-style triple. Hopped very high amounts. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thing for us, golden, clear, very tight head. Well, I shouldn't say very tight. There's some More bigger angry. bubbles in the middle. It's kind of golden. You smell the Chardonnay on that. Big the time. Chardonnay, it almost smells a little bret, bretty to me. It smells a little, little tangy, a little funky. 
I can see how you could get that out of a French oak. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, you know, if it's a wine barrel, I don't want the bread. Yes, in there, but right? if but, it's been yeah. then you know sent over to a brewery, mm-hmm. things can get in there. Yeah, you're not going to find red on in, in a in a controlled wine situation, but I don't think a a, a brewery is going to be that concerned. With it. Doesn't smell too hoppy. Are you getting any kind of really hop aroma? I mean, the one thing I find... I'm getting Chardonnay. I mean, it really does yeah. smell The one like thing I find... I'm not saying this beer is breaded yet. But, you know, I have found in the past where Britannomyces kind of dismantles hops. It takes away all the, yeah. the, the hop aroma. So there's a possibility that that's what we're smelling. There's definitely something lactic-y, some, some some sort of aroma that implies sourness. There's a real tang in the flavor. Mm. It's not really a Brett flavor, per se. Um, maybe a little bit of there's some lacto. I think it's a lacto-type acidity. That's weird. It doesn't, really ta- it doesn't taste like a triple. It doesn't taste like Hop God. It, it, it tastes kind of like... It, it's, a, it's a little bit of funky barrel beer. There's a lot of oakiness that's coming through. A lot of oakiness. Mm. The tartness is not quite what I expected. I expected it to be slight, to, to be tarter than it is. I would say, yeah, probably not Brett because I don't get much of the leathery connotation I, I, there. Yeah, I think I just took another sip. I think there's some in there. I think it's kind of a combination of of Brett and lacto. The I, smell led me more toward towards lacto, but. And I was thinking Brett at first, but then I thought, well, maybe that's just the oak, because the oak is coming through pretty strong. I, I can't, I can't see how it would have got tangy like this. You know, if you talk, you talked about how they made it, right? You know, big hops, triple Belgian yeast, Chardonnay barrels. It doesn't add up to you know what we're tasting, right? Yeah. So it, it, it tastes like a, a barrel had a had some stuff going on in there. Which I'm sure they're fine it's, with. It's, it's, it's still enjoyable. I yeah. mean, I'm not complaining. I'm not saying the beer is off, bad. You know, there's there's no acetone. It's not hot. You know, it, it's pleasant. But it's it's not all Saccharomyces that did the fermentation here. There was other things in there fermenting away. So I, I just, I bought this one. Yep. This is available March 2nd. So this is very new. Um. It's very interesting that yeah. very very new. Very I mean it's it's interesting that it's that new and it's so far not hop god. Mm-hmm. You know because I've had hop god before. And um it's almost to the point where like you know it's like homebrewers, right? Don't enter the beer in the competition for the beer that you intended to brew. Taste the beer and yeah. enter it in the style that best fits what you made, right? Make this beer, but don't label it Hop nope. God. <laughs> yeah. You know, because it doesn't taste like anything like... So you what? call this a Belgian-style IPA, so this is going to be like, what? Yeah, no. I don't know what, you, what you'd call this. Now, a brewer doesn't have as much latitude with being able to say, no. you know, throw out those labels and let's call this something else. But, I mean, just for the listener at home... No, this is assuming all the barrel, all the bottles taste the same. You know, if there's, this could be part of the bottles, could be just our bottle. Who knows? I mean, so what else is going on inside there? There's, and a peaches. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Grapes. There's, you know, there's definitely some residual Chardonnay action. It's hard to pick out stuff because the oak and and mm-hmm. the, uh, the the tanginess are, are. I like peaches. I like grapes. I think the mix of those two, you know, peaches by itself would come across a little too sweet. So if you like, did a lot of gra- a lot of white grapes, green grapes, um, a little bit of peach. 
It's very dry in the mouthfeel. You know, there's a little bit of a chalky character to it. Maybe a, a tad mango. Let me see. Or pineapple. Not real juicy pineapple. Just. Mm-hmm. Right. The only thing I can really relate to the pineapple is just the acidity, right? You know, the mm-hmm. the not so much the flavor, but just the acidity in your mouth right. tastes yes. like you're eating pineapple. Yeah, you know, it feels the, like pineapple. The edge between the fruit and the pith. Mm-hmm. The there's sort of a demark. There's sort of a you know middle ground there. Sure, and that's where the pineapple comes in. I, I'm more so. It's, I'm it's more a so. Yeah, yeah, I'm more so saying the the skin on your mouth feels the same as it feels when you eat pineapple. Yes. Right. right. Not so much the flavors. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Very interesting, but stupid. <laughs> no, not stupid. No, that's a, that's a laughing joke. <laughs> that's a really, really old joke. Three people are going to get that. Yeah, that was not what we expected. Not bad. Well, before we go on to the last one, uh-huh. uh, commercial time. Sure, we could do some commercials. We could uh, beg, plead for right. support. And you know what time that is. That is time for where we talk about our Amazon links. Mm-hmm. slash Amazon will take you to Amazon through our referral link. <laughs> And anything you buy in the next 90 days, well, anything you add to the cart, and you can keep it in your cart for 90 days, but anything you buy, we get a portion of the proceeds, and it is very helpful. And if we can actually see what was bought, but we don't know who bought what, uh, tune into the post show for Amazon Anonymous. That's right. We talk about about select items. Things that people purchase, but we have no idea who purchased them. But so you you could be you could add your whatever it is to it, and we could be all look at this. This is interesting. Like uh, last week, I talked about toeless grippy socks for yoga. So. Yeah. All right. So um, you can also give us cold hard cash. You can be a sustaining member of Craft Beer Radio. Go to our website to the donate link, and you can sign up for PayPal and do a. A subscription, which you pick one of many amounts, whatever works for your budget, and PayPal will automatically debit that from your account on the interval that you choose. It could be monthly, it could be yearly. You can do as little as $12 a year or $2 a month, depending on which one works out better for your circumstance. Mm-hmm. And you could also go to our website and check out, uh, there's an referral link for bluehost.com. They host all of our stuff. They've done a great job. We have no complaints. They also, there's also Midwest, Midwest, Midwest Brewing Supply. Brewing Supply. So if you're looking for some homebrew stuff, if you use Midwest Brewing Supply, or if you just want to try out a different homebrew shop online, you can go and use that link and we'll get referrals from them. Thank you. And that is the end of the commercial. The brewery has a beer called Tart of Darkness. Now, when you think the brewery, you think, oh, huge major beers with crazy They're stuff. cramming 20% into what tastes like 8%. This one is 5.6 alcohol by volume. What? Shut your mouth. It is a, uh, a stout uh, that they threw into oak barrels, then added their special blend of souring bacterias and yeast. <laughs> They have a special blend. And a special blend of funk. <sighs> Hold on a second. Get it rinse out the... Uh... Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Now you're talking my language. <laughs> so this pours a, a dark brown. Uh, and it has about a finger's worth of head. Yeah, it, it is maybe not your thick, dark stout, but it is definitely a, a deep, deep porter type clarity slash darkness. You hold it up to the light. You can see a little bit of brown on the edges, There's but not too much. There's flecks of yeast in mine. That's fine. You smell it. The first thing you smell is that Flanders-y type smell. Yes, Flanders yeah. is a good approximation for this. It's uh, it, it, the, the what you might expect is you know just a super big you know splash of vinegar is not there but there's there's something tarty going mm-hmm. on 
I mean, Flanders is, you know, it's kind of hard to describe, but I mean, you know, you think sweet tarts, you think, you know, a little bit, maybe a little more sour than that, you know, take a sweet tart and a sour patch kid and eat them together. I don't know, but you think it's more tangy than, than sour. I don't know. See, I always have a hard time. It's hard to, because you don't get, you get lots of sour taste, but you don't get a lot of sour smells out of nature. So, like, you know, if you, like, even like sour, a sour grape, a sour strawberry, Mm -hmm. a sour raspberry, it doesn't smell sour, it tastes sour. But how do you smell sour? The closest thing is like vinegar or something like that, and it doesn't Mm -hmm. smell along those lines. Yeah, I mean, other than that, there's. I think I'm getting a touch of raspberry, touch of cocoa, but even coconut, coconut. But but mostly just Flanders, and I'm gonna work on putting more words to that. Uh, you know, anyone who's had Rodenbach Grand Cru, La Folie, you know, that's the Flanders flavor or aroma. And I'm having a really hard time putting other words. I to would that. say La Folie smells a lot more acetic. Okay. In my memory, it does at least. There's, there's a. I can also smell a little bit of roast coming from it now too. Are you? Yeah. Oh boy, you're not going to taste any roast. Well, at least not until late in the aftertaste, because it is a tangy son of a gun. Oh, it's puckery. It Ooh. it is a pucker. Well, hello. This might be, I mean, this is, this is acidic. This, we've talked about before, like, it's been a long time since we've had La Folie on the show, but when we've had it on the show, as you drink it, and as you try to share a whole 170, 750 milliliter bottle, it seems like it's eating away at the flesh in your mouth and your cheeks, cheeks get a little bit raw. I think we're going to see some of that with this beer because this it is, is tangy. This is sucking on a lemon tangy. This is, yeah, yeah this is that kind of sourness. Yeah, I, I think biting into a lemon is is a f- apt apt uh, analogy or, or uh, likeness for this. You know, now I, I smell it. I'm getting I'm getting more and more cocoa. Is kind of I'm getting yeah. used to get rid of the. So I mean, it is a stout, right? You are still tasting some st- or smelling some stout at least. Hopefully, in a few sips in, we get past the the lemon. Where's that miracle fruit at? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine mixing. Um, a really strong lemon with a with a relatively mild but still roasty stout and mm-hmm. and somehow making it work and i think you've got that here second sip i get more roast i get a you know some porter flavors i get some some cocoa i get some chocolate i get some yeah i mean if you just poured lemon juice into a guinness i don't think that would it, it would taste yeah, i don't think it would work right they they had to do this mm-hmm. yeah and it's uh, it's really it's pretty fascinating. Citric acid, you know, we talk about lemons and stuff, right? That citric acid, it, it's a, it, it's not too far off from the kind of acidity that we're getting here. And I'd like to take a second to, you know, we talk about like lacto citric. I don't think I have the vocabulary to describe the differences. I think it's just kind of experience and whatnot. But you know, if you take the time and taste different acidic things or different yeah. acids they definitely they okay uh, they impress l- they come across they have different impressions right well, let me let me give my attempt so this is more citric acids this is more reminiscent of citrus foods lemons limes uh grapefruits really sour oranges, I guess, if you were to get into that. Lacto tends to be a little bit more tart cherry. Uh, you know, it's more tart than it is sour. Okay, yeah, I, I get you there. Yeah, where it's it's hard. Like, So I kind of had a split brain problem here where I'm trying to like, I want to describe just the flavors, the, kind, the flavors and the acids. But that's... 
hard or maybe even impossible because maybe they're not flavors per se, right? They're levels of pH, right? Right, yeah. So they're not really flavors. So I guess comparing them to the fruits that have similar levels of acid or kinds of acid is probably a better way to go, right? Because, I mean, acid isn't a flavor. Yes. But well, it but it impresses, you know, it, there's it different impressions. On, on the same, yeah. you know, on the same taste buds. Uh, yeah, so, you know, tart cherries, maybe something along the lines of uh, of raspberries. It's, you know, it's a different. Citrus can kind of tend to go a little bit more acetic, a little bit more towards the vinegar side. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, then the lactobacillus, and then on the other side, you have the brett, and the brett gets a little bit of le- a leathery quality to it, uh, and it can go, it can kind of go either way, but it tends to. Well, I mean, keep in mind that that brett's a yeast and not a bacteria, right? Right. So it, while it might give you ballpark flavors, it's probably not giving you acid so much, right? Where, yeah. where you know, Acetobacter, right. Lactobacillus. Well, you know, I mean, like a full. You, you can, I don't think there's a bacteria you can do that a gives beer you beer with all Brett, and it, it won't necessarily be sour. Yeah, I don't think there's a bacteria that gives you straight up citric acid, right? Yeah. I think just our impression is this is like citric acid. It is probably a combination of Acetobacter, Lactobacillus, Pediococcus, you know, things like that. Pedio is kind of a stinky one. Pedio, not getting too much pedio in here. Pedio, but is they have kind of well named because it, it 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 can at times kind of taste cheesy and reminds you of feet. Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> but but also, I mean, you know, it's been yeah. a long time since I've talked with Vinny from Russian River, but you know, uh, sanctification had pedio in it, right? And he was talking about how there's life cycles to the stuff, right? Uh, uh, you'll put it in the beer, and it'll go. And then the beer will get sick, and then the beer gets better. You know, so you're dealing with living things here, right? So, who knows? You know what? I don't have enough experience with these souring agents to know what they taste like in all parts of their life cycle, right? Right. The as I drink more of it, the, the initial puckery sourness is going down. Well, you know, it, it's still obviously very present in the beer. I'm not puckering as much, and uh, but at the same time, I'm also not tasting the roastiness as much as I was in the beginning. The, the sourness is becoming more of a dominant flavor. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a little bit of dry, you know, dry dark cherries. I'm getting a little more cherry. It's bringing me mm-hmm. back, yeah. a little bit more towards Flanders, or a little bit more towards La Folie. The more I drink it. Luffily had you know it's not the same as Luffily. We'll have to get another Luffily in for me to tell you hell. <laughs> if you really want to know, send me a bottle. <laughs> it's uh yeah, I mean I, it's I, been a few years since we've had that one. Dark chart, dark cherries is is a really good approximation of of the flavor without as much of the residual sweetness. Oh man, put this with some black forest cake. You know, we got the chocolate and the cherries and the mmm. We go very well, very well with chocolate. Better than any wine with with chocolate, as far <laughs> as I I can tell. That's a neat one. Do you think we've had enough beer for tonight? Uh, I think you're asking me because you want another one. Yeah, that would be why. <laughs> I guess I could do one more. Let me uh, pause this and let's see what we can find. It's gonna be tough to follow up this beer, though. Like, I'm not expecting something to to follow up this beer. Just would like a little bit extra. All right. Well, we'll see what we can do because you know, if we just pick anything without considering what we just drank, it's gonna be like, oh, it tastes like nothing. Right. All right. Let's see what we can find. And we are back. People, we are back with the Flying Dog Cujo Imperial Coffee Stout. Cujo, of course, the crazy dog that kills people in that movie. Cujo? This is my wife's beer. The whole case of Cujo is my wife's beer. Well, 
she's gonna love that you use it for the show. Eight point nine percent alcohol by volume, a limited release distribution, uh, seasonal beer, forty IBUs, malted with chocolate, debittered black roast, and Munich malts. It's hopped with Northern Brewer and Goldings, and it has an English ale yeast. We decided to go with a big stout because we figured that in order to counter the the tart, we needed something sweet and. Uh, yeah, and suitably big. We had really two options. We right. had Cujo, or we had uh, an old bottle of the shoots, the Abyss, and we didn't want to risk ruining the Abyss. <laughs> <laughs> the The value of this bottle of Cujo, which we can buy a case of yeah. here in Pennsylvania, is much less than you know, like a four year old bottle of Abyss. Mm-hmm. We'll save that for a prime number show, I guess. <laughs> If you're wondering about the factorization of 243, it's not a prime number. It's 3 to the 5th power. Oh, So, nice. there you go. We did, should mention that Tart of Darkness is part of the brewery beers that Gary Frank sent us not so long ago. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Gary. Okay, so I smell some coffee on this and a considerable amount of roast. It pours jet black. It has a dark tan head, what little head there is, and there's not much. Which is fine by me. I'm not a, I'm, you know, I'm not a guy who... Well, coffee stout and a snifter really doesn't beg for head, right? Yeah. You, you're... No man worth his salt begs for head. But anyway. <laughs> I'm smelling a little bit of chipotle or something like that. A little bit of spicy pepper. Just a touch. A little pepperiness. I wish there. I could say it was smelling the same. It smells more sweet to me. Uh, I don't pick up Chipotle and or, you know, um, what's the other one? The, sorry, let's see. The, the one that's, that's the, the obvious one. <laughs> uh, the, the... Yeah, you're, you're having the same fight. You know what I mean. It's, no, it's, it's red pepper that's used everywhere. Red pepper chili. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Uh, the, the, the one that's in all the regular, like like the Frank's hot sauce. Oh, cayenne. Cayenne. Yes, thank you. Come on, there's a Porsche SUV named after it. How do you not know cayenne? I don't know cars. <laughs> I know quantum physics, not cars. I tell you all the particle names. <laughs> <laughs> I have been drinking since we got a case of this beer in the fridge. Mm-hmm. I've been drinking a lot of this. I really like it. I think it's one of Too cold. It probably is a little bit cold. Dare I say it is a wonderful. Nigh amazing coffee stout. Maybe I'm giving talking up. Greg's gonna be disappointed, but I really dig this beer. My fridge is so happy right now. I have a case of Flying Dog Cujo and a case of Fathead's Headhunter. I'm almost like excited, like a little kid, because it's been a long time since I've had two. I have a lot of world class beers, but they're all saved for the show. Right now, I have two world class beers. That are just in the fridge for the drinking. It's like, oh my god, it's like Christmas! <laughs> it's a good choice to counter the, the Tar of Darkness. Because um, it, it's it's cold, totally in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. It's got a, a, a good amount of sweetness. A nice, uh, a nice sugary kind of pounce to it. A little bit of chocolate there. The the coffee does not taste like work coffee. Uh huh. Yeah. The coffee use on this, I think, is uh, it's a very aromatic. It's yeah. not a big coffee flavor. It's more of a uh, aftertaste olfactory. There's a little bit of coffee up front, but you mentioned uh, sugary. It does come. It almost has a full body and a full not sweet sugary but more of a lactose sugary i don't know if they had any lactose this but it has a bit of a milk stout type character to it i i agree 
that's kind of a maybe it's just because it's a big beer you know 8.9% or whatever it is but it definitely has a full body almost like there's some uh, lactose in here they don't mention lactose and they, they, they probably would it doesn't matter, right? I mean, we're telling people that it feels like it's a milk stout. Yeah. So. But it's got a really nice sweetness to it. It has a... has a slight booziness to it. I mean... It's a really, like Jeff said, full body. Um, feels great going down. Uh, the aftertaste is very good. The after um, breath mm-hmm. uh, is very good. You feel it's very satisfying, very, very, uh, yeah, it feels, it feels like a very, very satisfying beer. So you, you, you drink it and you're like, yeah, and you just, mm-hmm. you're, you're able to sit back and enjoy and enjoy all the aspects of it from the aroma to the flavor, to the swallowing, to mm-hmm. what comes after the swallowing. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you like it. I'm glad that the, you know, the flight still allows you to appreciate it. I'm glad my my talking it up didn't, you know, let you down. I'm happy. They use uh Black Dog Coffee, which is a coffee roaster in Frederick, right? So it's a it's a locally roasted procured coffee. Um and I'll tell you what, you know, a nice one two like on a Friday night is a headhunter and a cujo. Like I said, my fridge is happy. <laughs> you get the hops, you get the you know, a world class hoppy IPA and then you get this nice imperial style. And I'm sounding such a fanboy, but I do love this beer. And I've had a bunch of it, right? So it's hard for me to... It's hard to analyze a beer you've been drinking. Like, I've had, like, in the last, you know, two weeks, I've had a six-pack of these, at least, you know? So it's hard to really judge it, you know? Because well, you, it's a friend now. I know it, yeah. you know? Well, well, then, then allow me. There is... Um, I almost get... Uh, uh, um, a flavor reminiscent of some sort of chocolate peanut butter combination, not not quite so Reese's Piecesy, but but sort of like a uh, um, if you were taking a dark chocolate mm-hmm. and added like a, a a really fresh no salt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like like the oily peanut butter, you know, like yeah. the natural stuff. It's right. not homogenized. Mm-hmm. You know, I could definitely see because you get a little bit. I don't know. I mean, the beer doesn't taste oily, but I like that's what I picture is yeah. that natural peanut butter. And, and and maybe maybe just slightly into the toffee scale in terms of uh, you know a little bit of caramelization. Uh, the, the the coffee itself uh, is is a, is a roasty coffee. It's it's a little bit on the dark side. It doesn't really bring with it a whole lot of astringency, which is good. But it doesn't also bring with it uh, sort of those dark overbearing melanoidins that. Mm-hmm. I think you can get in some coffee beers. Yeah, a lot of coffee beers just be kind of astringent. You taste you taste stale coffee, yeah. right? And and this doesn't bring stale coffee, which is what makes it so nice. Because most, dare I say, most coffee beers bring stale coffee to even, the flavor. Even you know, and like I, I talked about this before, but even uh, you know, redrinking breakfast out. I think the breakfast out brings a stale coffee flavor to it. I, I think it, it was novel at the time, but people have really come into their own in terms of drinking coffee beers. Now, this is not the best use of coffee I've ever tasted. Uh, I, I think there's still there's still a bit of it that's like not quite perfect. I mean, the perfect would be something that was more akin to like coffee ice cream, which we talked about before. How mm-hmm. somehow coffee like- ice cream captures the the bit of coffee in, in such a wonderful yeah. way. It's kind of like a mocha, though, right? Because you get yeah. all the cream from the ice cream, and it's more like yes. a mocha. So yes. it's a little bit different beast. I think making this an imperial, making it a big, boozy, or almost boozy, right? It's not a hugely boozy beer, but it's there's a little bit... It's 9%. Of, I mean, it's... A, but it doesn't taste hugely boozy, but there's just a touch of alcoholic-type you know, aromas in there. And then, you know, the milk, the milk stout-type character that may or may not actually be in there but tastes like it's in there it's just a great combination it now you just heard me say two things that might sound contradicting and i want to clarify you know we're talking about chocolate ice cream mocha which is milk you know in ice cream and and milk stout coffee and it, it doesn't give you that it just gives you body and a little bit of not sweet sweetness is what lactose gives you it's 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 not a sweet sugar right it's just a right it's, it's not, barely, well. It's not as sweet as the other sugars yeah. that we're used to. 
Yeah. Not as sweet as sucrose. Not nearly as sweet as fructose. Or dextrose, right. Yeah. So it, it's it it's a bland sugar. And so, and it's not also not fermentable by yeast, so it gives a bo- it gives body to the beer. It does avoid. I mean, if anything, talking it out of milk stout is it doesn't have that kind of. How do I want to describe it? The milk, the, like the flavor that lactose can give a stout, is a little bit. I want to say, tangy, but like after the kind it's of it's ta- creamy. There, yeah. There's a. There's a mouth coating kind of aspect mm-hmm. of of the lactose that is sort of like the aftertaste of drinking if you were to drink cream directly, the aftertaste of that. So there, there's a slight tang that is associated with mm-hmm. that. Completely different tang than tart of darkness. Yeah, t- yeah, it's a, it's not the same tang at all. But it, but there is. There's something that's not like 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 we were talking about earlier. The pH level is slightly off mm-hmm. after that, so it's right. a little bit different than than flat. All right, you ready to rank? Yeah, I'm ready to rank. Is it me first? I guess it is me first. If you've got an idea, because I'm kind of I'm kind of like I'm factoring right now, trying to figure out what's going on. Okay. Ooh. Huh. Are you putting all those in there? I don't know. The pre-show beers were not throwaways this time. No, they so. weren't. All right. Okay. Well, we haven't we haven't included the pre-show beers in here for a while, but it, so it it would be good to include them, especially so, since they were interesting. Yes. Not like the <laughs> the one from last week. <laughs> this will make absolutely hard luck losers by doing this. Okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so we got uh, seven beers on the table, and we're trying to order them. The pre-show beers, for the people that don't listen to the pre-show, we have Hitachino Nest Commemorative Ale. It was part barley wine, part beer spiced with vanilla, coriander, orange peel, nutmeg, and cinnamon. And the other beer is from... This is our first beer from Pig Hill Brewery here in Pittsburgh, and it's not so much a beer. This is their Red Star Kombucha, which is kind of like a fermented sourdough liquid thingy, um, kind of tangy, kind of sweet. It was my first kombucha, even though I've, kombucha, even though I've heard of them, and uh, it was interesting. I, and we love on the label, it's like, what is the glob? Because when we <laughs> poured it, there was a glob that plop, plopped into Greg's glass. It's not the first time we've had a glob no. from a beer. But they uh, they mention live active cultures in Red Star Kombucha naturally form a small mother culture. You can eat it like we do or strain it out. That's what they say on the label. All right, so... Okay, so I have my ranking ready to go. Okay, bring it on. You're going to go from bottom top or top bottom? Bottom top. My number seven beer was our pre-show Hitachino Nest. While it was it was decent, it, I think it, it lacked in comparison to the other beers. And, and I was more uh, impressed with it pretty much everything else. And so the Hitachino... You know, lags. Behind it's also spring, and we're sick of winter. So the winter spicing on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that may have played a part. To Even though we're going to get like four to eight inches of snow tomorrow. But I, I really. Yeah, well, that's nice. what they're calling for. It's insane. I didn't. I, I, I didn't very much appreciate the the the, the GMS as much as I I hoped I would. Uh, my number five, my number six beer would then be the Hop God. It just it it just didn't it didn't fit in with anything I could call I couldn't I I, I couldn't place it. It, it also was, wasn't clear that what we tasted was what they meant, right? Yeah. Like sometimes you'll get those beers where you know it's spoiled, 
And then there's sometimes you get a beer where you're like, I'm not sure this is what they meant to package. And this is the same kind of thing. Like we got that email from JD, right? Talking about the uh, Firestone Walker, uh, what was the Wooly Jack? Yeah. You know, and we like had this crazy description. It was like, it was like grossly interesting, mm-hmm. right? It was like gross, but interesting. Wookie Jack, Wookie Jack. And um, he's like, really? That really hurt me to hear that because he sent it in. He's like, yeah. the thing's like gets rave reviews. It's like an amazing beer. Maybe your bottle was off. And uh, maybe that's what we got with the Hop God, too. Maybe. I mean, you call it Hop God and there's no hops. There's something wrong with, with there. There's something going on that, that's a little bit different than what you Yeah, I mean, if it was a Belgian style triple American hopped in a barrel, it should still be hoppy. Yeah. My number five beer is the Double Agent. It was interesting, I felt, uh, but confusing. And while I I sort of like the way they're dealing with these crazy hops, uh, still have a long way to go to figuring out how to use these hops correctly. Uh, I, I like what Sam Adams is doing, uh, but this beer is, uh, there are other beers that were better. Uh, another one beer that was better, and I don't know if you really call it a beer, but we we, we put it out there. The kombucha was a, was a, was really interesting, and and good and and refreshing. Uh, it was it's a beer you can drink at work. Yeah, one percent, one percent. It's you know it, it's it's barely alcoholic. It 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 was it had some really interesting good flavors to it. Uh, it was kind of like a wheatgrassy, lemony thing. It was really good. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. it. It was it was better to me than 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 most sodas, but uh, probably had the same amount of sugar. So. It, it was still pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was like a tangy sweet soda. So uh, number three, great white. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I had the better glass. Because of the way Jeff poured it. And mine's going to suffer. My rank is going to suffer because I had the yeasty, funky, or dredgy part of the beer. It it was crisp. It was clean. It was well done for what it was. It was a really nice and enjoyable beer. So I put that number three. And then your number twos are are your your, your really excellent beers. And I'm going to put Cujo second uh, because Cujo... While it was very good, it didn't have the same kind of complexity and, and, and deepness that Tired of Darkness did. And Tired of Darkness sort of uh, appealed to, to me more simply because I, I love sour beers so much. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it, 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 really, it really fit my, uh, fit my lock. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with Greg a lot, but not completely. Okay. I'm going to start from the top down because I don't have everything worked out in my head yet. Tart of Darkness from the brewery, number one. I mean, it was a wonderful sour beer. Tangy, tart, acidic. If there was anything, it you know, people might find that it's a little too tangy and tart, right? Sure. Um, maybe not it's it's hard to say you know i don't want to repeat the story because i think i said it just last week mm-hmm. about people tasting tart beers and not not disliking them as much nearly as much as you would think it was and, uh, as little as three weeks ago it was, yeah yeah so it 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 might go over better than you think but this one was pretty acidic it was probably the most citric you know like lemon type sourness in a beer, I mean, just like straight up lemon. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the weird thing was that when when we when I tasted, it, I mean, I, I I it felt like combining lemon juice and the stout, but in, in a way that didn't turn into mm-hmm. messy. It was really good. And then for me, number two, number two, number two, number two, number two. I'm gonna put the Cujo number two. You know, I was raving about it. I'm a fanboy of the Cujo. It, it it really is hard to judge and rank a beer that you've been drinking on a regular basis because <laughs> it it becomes a friend at that point. You know, you just it's. I've had this beer enough times that it's it's just comfort. You know, it's comfort food now. You know, it's until the case is gone. It's just something. We but go it's to okay. Let, let me give a comparison that 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 Jeff will uh, will understand. Um. Or Jeff will agree will agree with or or, or or get what they're going with. So you see Rob Bain 
our friend Rob mm-hmm. or was our friend out in, the, <laughs> in concert. And you're like, yeah, right. you know, that was great. You had a good time. And then you see Led Zeppelin. You're like, yeah, you know, I love you, Rob, but Led Zeppelin was better. <laughs> I, I, I think it, I don't know. I think it's kind of the opposite because okay. I was more thoroughly impressed with it the first couple times I had it. And now um, I still love it. You know, I remember loving it, but now it's just something that's in the fridge. That doesn't sound right either. I'm not sure I'm putting the right words to things. Okay. But it does show me, personally, it's hard to rank a beer. It's hard to judge a beer you've had six of in the past couple of weeks. You know, it, it's not... You have a lot of preconceptions of things you've tasted the other days, even though I didn't taste them tonight because of flight. You know, I, I know they're supposed to be there. You know, so it makes it confusing. Okay, three. I'm going to jump. Uh, this is a toss-up for me. It's going to be... Uh, man, if the kombucha was just a little less sweet, I'd pick that. But I think I'm going to have to pick Hop God. Okay. Um, good funkiness there. I am not penalizing it because... I'm judging it on the beer that was in the glass, not the bottle, not the label, not the intention. It was it was a fairly good, um, you know, breaded beer with a little bit of other stuff going on in it. Uh, I'm not sure. It's, it was a while ago, so I'm having a hard time remembering what to say. The kombucha. First time having kombucha, I liked it. Very lemongrassy, very tangy. Um the residual sweetness it, it was very sugary still i would have liked something a little bit drier not tasting like a, well that would have been close to a berliner weiss and anything else probably probably a very much like a berliner weiss um i i just think you know to make it higher i i would my personal preference would be a little bit drier um after the kombucha let's go with the i think i'll pick Maybe just so I'm, you know, not the same as Greg, and even more different from Greg. I'm going to pick the the Kiyuchi Breweries Hitachino Nest uh, Commemorative Ale. Um, barley wine with some spices. It worked really well. It was kind of subdued. It wasn't. You know, I was scared that it was going to be like over the top spicing, and it wasn't. Uh, beyond that, no. So we got you know uh, number six and number seven, and I'm down to the great white from. No, I had the the yeasty part of the glass. Right. But then there's the same atoms, which I didn't get. I didn't get the flavor. You were same distracted Adams. by your news story. No, it wasn't. The, I was, that was not causation. That was, <laughs> it was correlation. correlation. Um, I'm going to put same atoms before, you know, six, and then the great white, seventh. Um, just because... You get that yeasty glass of great white, and it just really kills all the stuff that Greg liked about it. Um, so, decant gently. Yes. That's what I got. And it's a long show, so let's wrap this up quickly. Okay. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. Uh, we are on Facebook. And Twitter and Google Plus on Twitter at Jeff Bear at CBR Greg on Facebook over the Crafty Radio on Google Plus it's Crafty Radio. I think that's uh, it. Creative Commons license. I think I said that didn't I? Okay. Uh, uh, BeerCraftyRadio.com. CraftyRadio.com slash Amazon. CraftyRadio.com slash Amazon. CraftyRadio.com slash Amazon. Crafty Radio.